Welcome back to the Max Effort Kitchen Podcast. We got a great segment for you. It's called The Athlete and the Chef. So sit back, relax, and let's go. Welcome to Max Effort Kitchen. I'm your host, Chef Matt, joined by my good friend, Mr. Cornell George, the people's master. How you doing today? Good. I'm out here in the middle of this so-called hurricane. <laughs> I, hated, I hated being the, the, the downer guy, but I'm like, it's not going to be a hurricane by the time it gets here. It's just going to be a rainstorm and everyone's going to be disappointed, I know. I know. but everyone would have been like excited about summer rain. Uh, <laughs> but now that it's not a hurricane, everyone's all disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, everybody gets scared for the event. And then when it doesn't happen, they're like, really? We were ready for it. I mean, you know, sell, yeah. selling out the Costco <laughs> business center and all that. So, yep. That's funny. That's funny. Well, you know, um, I was going to ask you if you dug a hole in the, in your backyard to see, you know, get, get your pool going or, or not, or <laughs> <laughs> pull some, it really didn't, man. <laughs> it didn't rain that much here. It didn't, rain uh, much. about an hour North, supposedly they were going to get hit with a lot more. And then the desert got hit with a lot, but it's kind of yeah. like it hooked right around San Diego. Yeah. I mean, it's weird because I kept on seeing it on the map. Like, you know, as I was like scrolling through social media, I'd see like a live map pop up and it, they made it look like it was just going to destroy you guys. And I'm like, man, if this is really what's going on. And then I, you know, check in with you and you're like, yeah, this is summer rain. (laughs) So Yeah. yeah. No, it really, I mean, it, it came down a little bit harder for about 10 minutes and clouds came in and, I think there's a fan outside where we were sitting earlier today and it, yeah. it spun a couple times, but like I have some sun sails over by my jacuzzi and I didn't even take them down. They're all totally fine. So huh. those are basically like parachutes that if it was yeah. bad, it would have ripped <laughs> no, it away. So. No kidding. Right. I did see a video of, I don't even know where it just said, I think it said San Diego, but it said San Diego and it showed like, it was just like a, you could see a structure, like a building or a house or a modern looking house. And it had like this Ford or no, no, I'm sorry, Toy- uh, Toyota Tacoma sitting out there and you could see the wind hitting it and it like rolled the Tacoma. And I'm like, that's not <laughs> real. <laughs> that can't be real. Yeah. From what, from what I learned over the past couple of years with the news and videos and stuff is they'll pull a cool video from some yeah. tragedy or something crazy that happened at one point and then they'll just put a different title on it and be like, this is going on right now. Just trying to get the likes and the views and the, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's all about that clickbait. Um, yep. you know, uh, I, so I was doing some, <laughs> some analytics on, on the podcast here and, uh, I didn't realize how many, um, how many platforms were really on. I, I think that we're on like, tw- what was it? 23 different podcast platforms which is, wow. I didn't even know there was, there was names that I've never even heard of. Um, but what, what do you, th- I mean, what do you listen to your podcasts on? Are you primarily Apple? I'm like 99.9% Apple. Okay. Okay. Uh, I use, I think it's Spotify Yeah. for the, the very occasional Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. They're just way too long and way too many. Yeah. And uh, weightlifting AI podcast. Nice. For some reason, that one's not on Apple, but everything else is Apple. 
Yeah, I've been. I use Spotify pretty much for every every my, every one of my podcasts. I feel like I can find most of them on there. Um, but hey, we have a we have a five star rating on Apple. I don't know if you knew that. All right. Yeah. I mean, All there's, right. there's only like like what was it ten people who have got it. But hey, five stars. But that's five like fifty stars. stars. Yeah. That's fifty what's stars. Up? What's up now? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I, I thought I'd just throw that out there. Um, I'm not the type to go out and be start like begging for reviews or anything, but uh, hit us up if you want uh, content that we're not talking about. So that's the, that's the angle I like to take. It's like, Hey, you want to hear something, hit us up. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk, we'll find a way to talk about it. Um, all right, dude. So you hit me with something uh, pretty big over the week. And um, I know we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but we haven't gone to the depths of it. And I think uh, now is probably the best time. Um, I'm in a, I'm in a real good mood and uh, right. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to, we're going to talk about it. And what it was, was minimums versus maximums and when, when lifting and uh, I, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to let you go with it and then we can, we can start bouncing back and forth, but yeah, just go ahead. Tell let's, let's talk about this. All right. I don't even know where to start. Cause there's like three or four different places I could go, but I was listening to, like I said, the weightlifting AI podcast and Josh Gibson was talking to Max Ada. I'm just name dropping people, people's yeah, yeah. names, people I've, <laughs> people I've met. I've, I've shaken their hands. You know what I love? <laughs> just a side note before we get into this is when people are like, yeah, I've lifted with that guy, even though that guy was in the gym not lifting with him. <laughs> I, I competed funny. against that guy. Yeah, yeah. Like we were in this, I was in the, the D session, but it's <laughs> oh, always a good one. Anyways. Back <laughs> so, on track. so Josh Gibson was talking about a conversation he had with Glenn Penley. Mm-hmm. And he was basically saying that back when he was under Glenn's programming, Glenn's coaching, he was saying that he was very excited about his training the past, like, couple months because he could always work up to hit like that 93 to 95 percent right like at least once a week every like they would have a big friday or max out friday every friday and that was just kind of part of the program and he could always hit 93 to 95 percent okay okay and he was just saying like oh yeah the the programming is working so well because i've i've been able to hit this for like six weeks in a row and glenn just looked at him and he said, that's not good. You're, you're, um, what's, what's the, what's the term? You're like in a lull. You're, you've, you've plateaued. You're not getting any better. Okay. And then he said, no, I'm hitting these as my minimums. And he said, no, those are your maximums. That's the max that you can hit every week. If you're not pushing PRs and hitting, uh, like 101%, 102%, even at, even just attempts at it, like making all of your lifts up until that point and then even getting attempts at it, then that's not your minimum. That is your maximum. You're not getting better. Right. It's interesting because I used – and I'm, I'm very, very much guilty of this where I was like, I need to hit a minimum every day. I need to hit a minimum number every day, but I was never going over that minimum number. And – um, I think it was a conversation you and I had probably over a year ago about this, about like, you're like, no, you know, why don't, why don't you just look at that as like a percentage and not a minimum? And uh, that did change the mindset quite a bit. Now, here's my question to you. Okay. Is because when, when you're in a, um, a pretty, like a big cycle and you're rolling through it, say you're on a Friday and you got a rough session, right? You had a long week, 
you had a big week of training, your body's a little beat down there. You know, we're calling it, we're going to call this a medium Friday. And you know, you're, you're hitting consecutively Fridays in a row. You're hitting at that number, but you you're not advancing that number. So what would you call that? I would still call that a maximum. Okay. But one of the things that I would say is if you're in that like heavy session type of a, a program, if your coach knows what they're doing, yeah. they they don't expect you to hit PRs when they're pushing you to 95 plus percent every week. Right. Because the whole plan is for you, you hopefully have worked your way up to there. This mm-hmm. isn't hasn't been six months or a year or something of you hitting this. This is a, a part of the program, and then most likely what's going to happen is you're about to taper, and you're going to pull back, and then you're going to be recovered in much better physical condition, and then it's going to be competition day or testing day or however your the, yeah. the program is laid out, and that's when you're going to be able to unleash. That makes sense, and I and I'm I'm, tr- I'm purely asking for a friend. Um, but, uh, <laughs> that, you know, the idea, because, uh, the idea of hitting a minimum, I think is a, is a false hope. And I think that's pretty much what you said, but it's 100% a false hope to say, oh, I can hit this every day. That's a minimum, but I'm never hitting over it. So would you say that that's, I mean, that's pretty much why people get stuck in numbers, right? Because they have this mindset of, I just need to hit a minimum and I'm good to go. Yeah, they it's what they consider just to be an acceptable number. Yeah, uh, and I was I was stuck in the same position leading into Worlds. I hit, uh, I I went back and I, I looked at some stuff and I hit 140 kilos in the snatch every single Friday or Saturday, not necessarily <laughs> not both, <laughs> uh, for about nine months straight. Every single week, yeah. I hit 140 kilos. Right, right. I might have hit 143 once. Um, I think my best at the time was 146. Okay. So that's right around 95%. Um, I, I, tra- I changed a little bit in my programming how max effort I got because that's kind of how that program was. Right. So that I would go a little bit lighter on certain days and heavier on other days. But just knowing that Saturday was going to be my big day. And I could not get over that. Like, I didn't even have the guts to try it because I knew that there wasn't anything else there. It was like, if I can just hit that, then I was content also, which right. I think is another bad thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's when I decided to change up my programming. And that's when I switched over to weightlifting AI about four months before Worlds. Mm-hmm. And I didn't touch anything over, like, the last, I think three weeks before the competition, it had me go over 130. Okay. So I'm going from snatching 140 every week to heaviest set being 115, 110, maybe even under 110. Like, and I was like, I don't know how this is going to work. I'm, but I'm just going to trust it. I, I trust that this program has a, a vision. I've seen the analytics with it. I've seen how everything works. And then two or three weeks before I had my first testing day. Okay. I went 145, 165. Ah. My best ever total was uh, 311 before that. Mm-hmm. So I did like uh, 310. And then I made three or four attempts at 148 and 170. 
So then the next weekend, I went. So then it was like it calmed you down again, and then it ramped you back up for the next weekend. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, let's see what happens. I went 143, 167. Same total, different numbers. Interesting. Two weekends in a row without touching anything over 130 for four months. And that's when I realized you really don't need to hit big numbers all the time because your body can recover and get so much better. But also, when I said I wasn't touching things over 130, I was hitting triples in less than 15 seconds, hitting a triple with 130. I was... I was doing power hang or power snatch plus two full full hangs with 125 like it was a joke. Right. Like I had I had created I had built something so much stronger and bigger that I was able to do so much more. So let me let me see if I'm understanding this correctly. So what you're saying is that you know <coughs> essentially the testing day can be really uh, the idea of like. Um, and I'm probably going to annoy people when I say this, but the max out Friday doesn't need to necessarily happen. Um, the, the testing day doesn't necessarily need to happen. What needs to happen is you need to build muscle. And then when you go out to that comp, you hit numbers that you haven't been training. Correct. But you have correct. To. You're, you've been training to get ready for those, Yes. but you don't have, you don't have to have it on the bar. Right. Like that's the mental side of it. You, you have to know that you don't have to have it on the bar. If you're, if the program is done properly and you're able to uh, talk to your coach, find out why you're doing what you're doing, understand the process of it, have them explain. Like I was able to read the program from the day I got it. Cause that's one of the cool parts with the AI is they give, like you can see the whole, not necessarily every workout, but you can see what you're going to be doing and when you're going to peak and when you're going to deload and interesting that type of a thing. Yeah. And so I guess what I'm, what I'm wondering and I'm just, what I'm going to do here is I'm just going to kind of like throw things at you and I want you to, to debunk them, I guess you could say. So in, if I were, uh, if I were a new weightlifter and say I jumped on this program and this is how we were rolling. Um, I was leading up to my first comp, 16 weeks, first comp, 16 week block. Um, we know we did all the, uh, hypertrophy. I have said that right word wrong. Sorry. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, you built the muscle, you get about into that, that third month and you know, you're talking to your coach about like, Hey, what, what should I be thinking about hitting at the comp? Because these are the numbers I'm hitting. Like as a new athlete, can they roll into that and have the confidence do you think, or is a new athlete going to look at that and say, you know what, I'm going to go out there and just get a total and then build goals from that total. Or like, how would you roll that? So one of the good parts with new athletes is they don't know what they're doing. Right. So they don't know if something necessarily is supposed to be hard. Okay. You're not taking someone who hasn't lifted before in their life. And you're like, Hey, let's put on 140. Yeah. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. It's going to be, what, have, what are they hitting regularly? And what I normally tell people before they get to their first competition is leading into your competition, you should open with what you can triple. Like, no questions asked, you can triple this yeah. in the snatch. Yeah. If you can triple it, you can open with it. Right. That would be, if I was programming for someone, that's how I would, their last 
two, three weeks of programming, heavy Friday would be a heavy triple. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. I mean, right now in our, in our programming, heavy Friday is our, uh, triples at the beginning, uh, doubles all the way until the last set's a single. So, and it's funny because, <laughs> because I'm like that last set is going up faster than I've ever, ever seen it go fast, <laughs> uh, go up. And I'm just like, this is awesome. And so, you know, my next question, I kind of actually already de- just debunked that. But my last, my other question about this is like, you know, where, where does an athlete build confidence in something like this? Like, you know, there, there is an aspect of building confidence under hitting big weights and training. And so I, I know that I know the, uh, the textbook answer here is to just trust the process, trust your coach and go. But like, um, when you got someone and when you got a head case and, and they're like, <laughs> how am I going to know I'm going to hit that? Like what, what are some t- like key factors that they can remember? Well, for one, like I said, with the triple, if yeah. they can triple it, like you just smoked yeah. it for three, you can do it for one. Yeah. And then the clean and jerk is generally a two plus one. Yeah. Uh, two cleans plus a jerk. You're going right. to be fatigued. You can, you can do that without being fatigued. Uh <clears throat> Head cases are some of the hardest things to work through. <laughs> like, you know, my mindset on clarking, like you do not do it. Right. If you do that, if, if you're someone who can't get past clarking, I got to be real blunt and honest here. Weightlifting's not for you. You should not be weightlifting. There you go. go do CrossFit. Yeah. Go do powerlifting. Go do something. I don't want to piss off powerlifters because they're big and scary, but go do something <laughs> easy. Yeah. Or figure out how to get past the clark. Um, that, you're right. You're right about that. And I, uh, head cases are the worst. And I just want to preface this. These questions are all not based off my training. <laughs> so, <laughs> I promise you that there are just things that I'm trying to poke holes in. Cause I think that, um, there's a, a really good, uh, thing that comes out of, uh, debating. And so, um, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. And so like, how do I have confidence Cornell? How do I know? How do you, how do you know? <laughs> Well, I know because I have confidence in my lifting personally. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, I know what I've hit before and I can, okay. So my personal opinion on this is that when I'm out on that, uh, on that platform and I'm lifting certain weights, I'm very, I'm very in tune with my body and I know how it moves. I know how it moves when it's heavy. I know how it moves when it's light. And although, um, I've had, you know, upper half of my percentages out there, I haven't lifted anything heavy yet. Does that make sense? Sure. Like things are moving. Like I could just pick them up and throw them over my head. Like it's, it's crazy. I've never had training like this before. And so, um, I think that that's probably where, like, that's where my confidence would come from. Um, do you think there's any other way to think about it or is there, is that kind of like the, the gist of it? Like if you pay attention to how you're lifting things, pay attention to how your body's moving. No, I think pay attention to those things. Then I'm, I'm guilty of this. Like I do not log my training. I like to upload a lot. I video everything generally six to nine months later, I delete what I haven't uploaded. Yeah. Cause I figure if I haven't uploaded it, it wasn't needed. Um, <laughs> but pretty much any big session, I try to put warm ups leading up to the top sets. Okay. And just knowing what you can, the work you've put in. And oh, so what I was talking about with that is keep track. 
you don't have to keep track of it for months, but keep track of it weekly. And this is something I know you do. Mm-hmm. How many times did you miss? <laughs> like yeah. the program should yeah. not be set up in a way that you're going to miss. Yeah. Like realistically, you should not be missing. So like this was, here was my Friday. I didn't eat as much as I should have. My work week was just crazy. Um, just so much stuff didn't fall into line for Friday. So mm-hmm. I started lifting and I missed 110 of the snatch. And I'm like, oh, that's like 90 kilos felt real heavy. I missed 110. I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to strip everything down, shake it off, start over. I worked up. I missed 120. I made 110, missed 120. And then I said to my buddy, I'm like, I've if I make this, I'm done. If I don't make this, I'm done. And he had snatched more than me and he's never snatched He's never finished the day snatching more than me. <laughs> so I was like, this could be the day you, yeah. you out total, you out, <laughs> you out snatch me. Yeah. And that was literally all I had. Um, and I just said, you know what? Today is really not the day. I'm not trying to, to cut out and get out of doing what I'm supposed to do. But I know that my body's not working the way it's supposed to right now. So instead of like trying to be an ego lifter and getting hurt, I'm just going to call it. I'm going to go do some other stuff that I can do mobility. Go. I went home. I ate a ton. I was in bed by like eight 30 at night. Mm-hmm. Woke up the next day, worked up to one thirty one fifty, And I threw a front squat in the one fifty clean front squat jerk just yep. for the sake of it. Yep. No misses felt great. I knew that Friday was just one of those days where just cut your losses and move on. Right. And you have so. those days. Those days are um, like you just like you kind of just said with the Clark, you know, the, the mental toughness, that's where that kind that toughness comes in. Because um, if you get stuck on those bad days, man, I can tell you I can tell you from experience, it can just tear it can tear your training apart. And it, it's one of those things that you just got to expect that you're going to have bad days. It's like anything else in life. Your relationship has bad days. Your job has bad days. Uh, your kids have bad days. Shit, I even, I'll go in the kitchen sometimes and <laughs> I get really grumpy when it happens. But if I mess something up or if I don't, my, my dish doesn't turn out the way I want it to, oh man, I am, I'm one grumpy asshole. But at the same <laughs> point, like I, I got to move on and I got to try it again next time. And that that, that kind of like open mindset of understanding that you're going to have the shit days, but those shit days are, are what gets you mentally strong. Um, it, it makes a huge difference. It really does. And I think as, as I hate putting us in this, but as older lifters, as masters lifters, <laughs> um, old guys, I think it's, it's a, that comes a lot easier uh, to say. Um, I think the younger dudes, they, they have a hard time understanding that. Would you think that that's, that's a fair statement? Yeah, I think that there is something, especially people who've been lifting for a, a handful of years who are still like, I'm trying to figure out the right word. I'm just going to, I'm just going to put it out there and whatever. But like, if you're in, if you've been lifting for five plus years, but you're like 25 to 30 years old. Yeah. You, you still don't know what it's like when you're going to become 35 plus. Yeah. Like there is something that changes in your body. It doesn't recover as fast. Um, you can still, and also, Oh, here's another controversial <laughs> one. If you don't weigh 200 pounds, like 
your body recovers so much faster and most likely you're not lifting necessarily the weight that like not trying to be cocky, but you're not lifting the weight that I'm lifting. So your body recovers fast. Like if you've got a, if your max snatch is under a hundred kilos and you weigh close to 200 pounds, like you're, you can max out every day and you're not going to beat yourself up. Right. (laughs) Yeah, no. And that, that's a good uh, perspective to have overall because like, I think there was one time I was talking about like, I, I, when I went on like this little like rant about, oh, you don't need straps when you lift or when you train, you should, uh, we don't need them, blah, 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 you know. And I was coming from a standpoint of snatching 90 to 100 kilos. And then you get on and you're like, hey, um, so let's talk when you're like 120 to 140 kilos. You need those, <laughs> you need those straps. And I was yep. like, oh, that's a fantastic point <laughs> because uh, the weight gets heavier you need the things that you see people using or you know as as everybody does we're we're on instagrams we're on youtube and we're watching these badass weightlifters and they're like we're like well he, you know he didn't use straps why do i need to use straps well wait a minute <laughs> a he's a professional uh b like uh he's lifting a lot more weight and he probably did use straps when he was training so anyways you know, and that, that just, that speaks to, um, having a good perspective, uh, within the sport because it's easy to get caught up in what the big time weightlifters are doing. Um, and that, yeah. that can really throw you. And so I guess really this conversation has kind of turned into like the, the mental game of, uh, of weightlifting. And, uh, I think that, uh, the more, uh, adversity you go through, in this sport, the better the better you're going to be. The better you're going to be on that platform. And I think, uh, and then we talked about that a little last time because uh, doing like that kind of like the the comp, you know, the the practice competition, it really sets you up. Maybe maybe you can get some of your shit out on that platform. So when you do hit the big stage, you know, you know what to you know what to concentrate on. You know what kind of mindset you want to have. I, me personally, I was going into competitions, not knowing what mindset to have. I was bringing my football mindset and my football mindset is a much different mindset than what I have when I step on the platform. Now, now I'm calculated. I'm confident. I, um, I have specific routines. My football mindset was like, get up there, rip it up as fast as you can get aggressive, like hit power, go. And that didn't work for me. So it works for some people, <laughs> but it didn't work for me. And uh, it's uh, so really that that mindset is such a huge part of, of this sport. Well, it's a huge part of life, but it's a huge part of the sport. because That's what we're talking about. Yeah, I would say going into competition, my mindset is it much more aligns with someone who's like who's shooting bow and arrows like an archer. Yeah. Um, and in the past and in with certain people that I've lifted with and uh, just a lot of other stuff. They're going into it like it's Fourth of July, four drinks in, shooting fireworks off. <laughs> and yeah, like for me, I have to be like, I have to be so in the zone and just thinking about the one thing, mm-hmm. and just very meticulous with everything. Yeah, there was, you know, there was a time. I think it was when I uh, the last mm, what was it nationals, mas- masters nationals, last time I competed there. I had this mindset going in of like, I'm just going to have a good time. 
I'm going to have fun. I'm going to listen to fun music. I'm going to smile. I'm going to talk to people. I stole your, uh, your cue of walking around and shaking the hands of people that you're competing with high-fiving in the, in the introduction line, you know, <laughs> sitting up at the, uh, I call it the rack. Um, I know, I don't know if that's the, the official term, but sitting up at the rack, you know, when you're waiting to take your attempt, I'm like smiling. I'm, I'm like t- looking at people and like, it was interesting because I was having a really good time. Um, and I was making lifts. So that's one interesting factor. The other interesting factor is the people sitting next to me and across, like in front of me, um, they wouldn't make eye contact with me. And they're like staring at the floor and they're mad. And I'm just like, what y'all mad about? <laughs> and I'm, I'm, of course it was probably really annoying, but at the same point, <laughs> it was one of the most fun uh, comps I've had. But then I did another comp and I was like, oh dude, I took that mindset to a whole nother level. Had so much fun. That was the, uh, the ocean side one. And that one was so good. Yeah, that was such a good one. And to date my best total. So, I think there's something to be said about that is like, find your mindset. If your mindset is like anger, darkness, whatever, do it if it works. Um, but I, I just don't, I personally, I couldn't, I can't do that because I go into a very dark place and I go into, I got to kill somebody. I don't want to feel that. <laughs> I want to, I want to feel like I, I want to have fun. I'm out there having a sport. I'm paying to be there. <laughs> like <laughs> That, know. that brings up another kind of thing. So like I like to have fun when I'm lifting. Yeah. I like to be in a good mood. I like to I like to know that I'm I'm focused on what I'm doing. But at the same time, has there ever been people that you just don't want to lift with? <laughs> because there's definitely been there's people that have said like, "Oh, I want to lift with you," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. cool. I, I lift at this gym anytime." <laughs> But I, I don't want to lift with them. Right. And like, if they came in, like I would, I don't know. I don't know how exactly I'd handle it, but I would just be like, I don't really want to share a platform right now. Right. There's other people that I love sharing platforms with, Mm -hmm. but there's been people that like, I don't want that energy or that, that attitude around me right now. And I know that it's not going to go well. Right. And it's oftentimes people who either take it way not serious or way over serious, like yeah. the extreme ends of the, of it. Yeah. And no, go ahead. yeah, like you're trying to share a platform with them and then all of a sudden they miss. It's like, well, do I just hit this number again? Like y'all yeah, hit it again. <laughs> or are we just going, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here for 30 minutes and just keep attempting it. Cause you're missing it. Right. Like, right. You know, I, uh, this is, and, and you and I talk a lot, but, uh, and you know this about me, but this is something that really challenges me. And I think that this is uh, a, a hurdle I need to get over in the, in the world of weightlifting, which is um, lifting with people that may not have the same motivation as me. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I do get into, like, personally, I get into a mode of, like, I'm motivated, like, right now. Okay, so right now, my training is more motivated than it has been in my entire career. Like, I am motivated. And, and really, I have one to two comps on the books right now and probably going to be more, but, um, but for some reason I'm, uh, I'm harnessing like different emotions and from life, but like I'm really motivated. And so it, it's a struggle sometimes to have somebody who's maybe not so motivated walk in and be like, okay, let's lift together. And I'm doing my best to, you know, uh, 
to keep on going forward. Uh, but then, you know, your part, your, your, we talk about lifting partners being so, um, uh, I don't know, uh, helpful, but I think that there's also a point where a lifting partner can be not helpful. And I'm not like putting anybody down by any means right now. I'm just talking about something that challenges up in this crazy brain of mine. Um, and it's something I'm working through because I think, I think this goes along with the mindset, which was what I was just saying was that like, we have to be good in adversity and, um, being able to lift with somebody that's maybe not as motivated to lift, um, for whatever reason, uh, is something I have to get over and I have to be able to actually still accomplish my goals while sharing a platform with that person. Now, that's a little bit different than what you said. What you just said is like lifting with somebody who's too intense or not intense enough. Uh, that that just goes along with uh, your community, right? Like <laughs> who's in your community? Yeah. <laughs> but some of the people I'm thinking of particularly, like I can I can say their names because they don't even go or li- they don't even lift anymore. Okay, <laughs> cross, cross. it's it's mostly like the people who showed some interest in weightlifting. I would dump a lot into them and then they would go back to CrossFit yep. and then they'd pop in and want to weightlift again for a little while, but they're not even like they're, they're coming in their, in their Metcons or their nanos, <laughs> not even willing to put on the weightlifting shoes. <laughs> totally. And I'm like, I don't, and then they're missing because they're rocking under the heels consistently. Yeah. And they're like, well, I, I do mo- more CrossFit, so I should learn how to do this. And I'm like, you're not going to be trying these weights in CrossFit, so maybe you should wear wearing CrossFit sho- <laughs> or not wearing CrossFit shoes, right? <laughs> and that would be annoying. <laughs> uh, yeah, there there was one guy in particular that he was at a couple of different gyms, and he had so much potential. Like this kid probably weighed 175 pounds, weightlifted 25 times in his life, big time CrossFitter. Okay, it was like power cleaning 150 couldn't jerk it to save his life but he could power clean it he could deadlift mid 500s like so much potential but just didn't want to do that last little bit of committing Hmm. and it was like his motivation was something else his motivation was to get out of me whatever he could so that he could take it to the other thing and i was like i want you to be over here i don't really want to waste time with you kind of thing yeah, that's a tough one, especially when it's a different sport. Like, I mean, you know, you bring a power lifter in there and, and I mean, their technique's going to be all over the place and that's just going to be kind of fun to be around. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, but I get it, dude, because it's like, uh, it's like we were talking about last show. Like we got to have um, somewhat of, of uh, a liked mindset to live together. And I think for the most part, we all, you know, our, our community uh, has that. Well, I think where... Um, where I see our community challenges in within different uh, life points or life areas. So like our lives are in different spots, you know, whether it's, um, you know, dealing with work stuff or it's dealing with family stuff or it's, you know, uh, you know, living in a hurricane, Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it's completely all okay. And that's what makes us a community because um, we, you know, we, we still support each other and we're still there for each other. Um, that's not what you're talking about. And so what I think the focus, like bringing somebody in from another sport is it's frustrating, right? 
it's like yeah. it makes you want to be like, okay, so are we going to do this or is this the last time I'm going to see you? <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. That's, and uh, to be honest with you, um, and this is why I keep like, let's see, I have seven pairs of lifters in my over here. And I've often thought about like, I'm just going to, you know, give these away. But um, I've had people come in here into the garage that showed up in tennis shoes. And I'm like, all right, we're not doing this. What size shoe do you wear? And I have multiple sizes over there. And uh, we put on some lifters and they're like, wow, this is, this is a lot easier with these on. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've actually, this is, this is the very um, analytical part of me. I've thought about being like, okay, these are the rules for the day of my gym. Like you have to wear lifters. Uh, you have, you know, um, you have to, oh yeah. Put your cell phones away. <laughs> like That's one thing that like, um, the cell phone thing. Like if I'm lifting with somebody that has that's, their faces in their cell phone, like, and I can't even have a conversation with them. I'm like, um, all right, cool. Good session. See you later, buddy. But, uh, <laughs> I'm like, Hey man, you need to go outside. Like you can, you can take this day off. Let's, let's we might go back at it again. But the cell phones are, are, are such a, a, a weird part of our lifting because we record. Right. Um, and, so we kind of need them in a way, but like, I know personally, the second I pick up that phone and answer a text, my session is going downhill. It's not completely <laughs> wiped out, but I'm like, I got to really bring myself back. And so like, I keep it upside down and I use it, uh, to play music. And so I can't, if I play music, I can't do anything else on it upside down away from me. And then I talk to it afterwards on our polo chat, but, um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know about you, but do you, do you get like that when, when your cell phone's out? Are you, are you like, are you distracted? Do you get distracted easy? I very much do. And I hate, I, I, I hate my cell phone like in training sessions. Yeah. Um, I like to leave it because I also work a job where I can get phone calls anytime. I was getting text messages two hours ago saying that some of the plastic came down on part of their house and water was getting into their kitchen because of the rain. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm at a family birthday party right now. Realistically, I'm like, what can I do? And then I'm like, I, I work for idiots who can't do anything for themselves. <laughs> I'm like, it would not have been hard for them to do a couple quick, easy little things. Just go, go hook that plastic on top of that little pole that it was on before. And right. Like, Don't call me and I'm an hour away. And then just keep telling me that there's water coming in. Like, yeah. People are freaking idiots. <laughs> you, I, mean, I live you in know California. I, so there you yeah. Go. I mean, you know what I do? I'm, I'm on 24 yeah. seven because you know, it's just, it's food, food issues happen every day. And I understand that feeling of, Oh my God, you, you can solve this problem on your own. I promise you. <laughs> I, I think, I think you, okay. I'm the, whatever <laughs> you, you, you work with idiots. I work for idiots. Oh, okay. There you go. And, yeah. and the idiots that I work for have a lot of money. Yeah. No, I'm with so, you. <laughs> this is, this is, the, that's probably the, the uh, truest statement I've heard all day. So I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember what we were talking about. Yeah, I completely <laughs> off. Um, okay. But we were talking oh, about cell phones, cell phones, yeah, cell phones. There we go. There we go. Okay. So. I hate to have to go pick up my cell phone because when I walk into the gym, I leave it on the, the table at the entry. There's a handful yeah. of tables. They're all like bar height and yeah. you can leave all your crap over there. 
and I hate to walk over there to grab it to go start recording because what if someone texted me? Like, what if there was a, a work text? What if, mm-hmm. what if, what if, what if? And that's going to completely change my mind. Right. So what I like to do is we have about a dozen tripods at the gym. If I can remember, before I even start, I go set it up. I also buy the phone that has the big memory. Mm-hmm. And I just hit, rec- I set it up and I hit record and I walk away. Yeah. Yeah, and one. I might walk by it a couple times just to make sure it didn't turn off. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I never touch it again. So it's as close to not having my cell phone with me yeah. as possible. And then when I'm done, I go it. Go, I go and I screen record all the all the lifts and I delete the big video. Yeah. So like I'll record two 20, 25 minute sessions, like a snatch session, a clean jerk session, and then I'll pull out about a minute, minute and a half of uh, videos and then I'll delete 45 minutes. That's, I like that. That's a good move. Uh, Damon does kind of the same, same thing as when he's recording, he just records a whole session and then just mm-hmm. goes and breaks it up. Um, there's, so I have, we have a couple older, uh, phones in the house. And so that's what I use to record. Uh, the only problem there is that like, I forget to charge it sometimes. And so that's <laughs> when, I'm getting ready to do my, you know, the lift I want to record. Maybe it's the 90% or whatever, or because I don't record them all. And I just, I think that's a, I don't know if that's a mistake or not, but I don't record them all. I'll run into the house and I'll like grab, (laughs) I'll grab a kid's phone, like out of their hand and run back. I'll bring it right back. And I use theirs. (laughs) But uh, that's awesome. I think uh, having those, those kind of things set up is, is really crucial. And just knowing like, uh, understanding that there's other people in this world and we got to work through adversity, but also, um, we're, we're in charge of our mindset. We're in charge of how we lift. I'm in charge of how I lift. Nobody else is. And, uh, you know, lift with cool people. (laughs) I guess that's my moral of the story. (laughs) I will say, I don't want to ruin anyone's day by (laughs) them doing this, but if you don't film it and you just put it away, you're, I would say you're 95% going to have a really good session. Yeah, I know. Like if you can, if you can just be like, you know what? I don't need this today. Yeah, yeah. And one of the perks of not being in a garage by yourself <laughs> is if you're having a really good day, your friends are recording for you. Yep. But exactly. you're not telling them like, oh, record this, record this. Yeah. Like they yeah. just know like, I'm going to, I want to get this angle. And then, like, it's great when you had a really good session. You're like, I didn't record anything. And then, like, three people are like, I'll send you the videos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's something that uh, that uh, Damon's also really good at is he'll just pull out his phone and start recording. And because, dude, this uh, this session or this whole block that I've, we've been on, like, um, I've been very, like, I mean, I'll record things, but I'm not like I got to record every day. I got to be honest. And cause yeah. there's some days that I'm just like, I want to focus on that bar. I want to focus on, the, you know, different things. I just want to focus on weightlifting. Like I text, uh, I text my wife on Friday. She had ran to the store with the kids and I text her when she's at the store. I was like, Hey, today is going to be a tough session. Uh, just, uh, just kind of <laughs> keep, keep a little distance from the garage. And she was, she just gave me the thumbs up and she's like, I get it. And I was like, I don't care if like you come out here. I just don't want kids running through here. I just want to focus. And she goes, no, no problem. We got it. And, but it's like having the awareness to be able to say that and yep. <laughs> was, was good. I liked it. It helped because nice. 
I felt like I got hit by a Mack truck the next day. <laughs> oh boy. Like we talked earlier, that was the same day I was yeah. having the yeah. the day from hell. And, yeah. Uh, but you got through it. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I did. I did. Um, and I did lift this weekend, so that's good too. So I, I always, you know, the one thing um, that challenges me a lot is when I have those big days or those rough days, um, I have to get in the gym within a day or so. Like if I wake up the next day and I'm hurting, you know, I'll do some things to make my body feel better. And if it's just not doing it, I'm like, okay, I'm waking up Sunday and I'm lifting. Like I have to move. Yeah. It's just such a good thing to do. So also most of the time, if you have a bad day, yeah. you're going to have a really good day real soon. You remind and me vice versa. <laughs> you have a really good day. Like just accept that you're going to have a bad week. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Well, dude, wow, that 43 minutes just flew by really quick. Nice. That was good. Um, cool. Good good show today. Uh, so we're recording on a whole different system. So um, if we sound better, great. If we sound worse, let us know. Uh, the last system, it recorded in widescreen. And so when I went to put it up on YouTube, you got like half of my face and like three quarters of your face. And I'm like, <laughs> something's not working here. So I just changed systems and we're going to see how this works. Um, I think it'll be fun. Uh, I think people like to see us. I did get some, a good clip out of that last one though. That was cool. And, uh, Hey, you know, check us out on all the podcast, uh, platforms, find us wherever, let us know. I'm thinking about putting in, um, another food show possibly. Um, so if you, everybody out there has any ideas or what they want to hear, regarding food or something I could bring to this show regarding food. Um, I'm in one of those little lulls. So bring it on. I'm all about it. Let's just pick my brain and, and get it, get it going because you should do have- something on breakfasts. Ah, I like it. You know, <laughs> breakfast traditionally, uh, traditionally um, breakfast is my favorite uh, meal to cook. 100%. Because You can totally justify making dessert for breakfast. <laughs> you can, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the amount of Nutella and syrup that I had this morning, that was that was not breakfast. <laughs> I just saw something with Nutella that was like, this dude, he's like, I got this empty jar of Nutella. And he poured a bunch of like heavy cream in there, a spoonful of sugar, some vanilla, put the cap back on it, threw it in the freezer overnight. And then, oh, he shook it up first. He shook it all up. Okay. You know, and threw it in the freezer overnight, pulls it out. He's like, this is Nutella ice cream. And he, and he eats it and he's just like eating. And I'm like, <laughs> fucking genius, dude. I'm doing that. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll do some <laughs> on breakfast. I, you know, breakfast is so good. I love breakfast is, is not my favorite meal of the day, but it's my favorite meal to cook. So that'll be fun. And you can have it any meal of the day. You sure can. We eat breakfast for dinner all the time. Yeah. All like I don't have sandwiches for breakfast basically ever unless it's an egg sandwich yeah egg sandwich i mean and I, like I, no go ahead yeah like you know i don't get out there and grill up a steak at 6 30 in the morning with some mashed potatoes <laughs> but i'll make this i'll make true. nutella french toast at 8 p.m after first oh, dinner yeah. <laughs> i mean there's days where all my kids eat is pancakes like they had them for breakfast. <laughs> we saved them for lunch and then they want them for dinner again. I'm like, how many different ways can I make a pancake? And so I start like throwing bacon in the pancakes things uh-huh. or like, you know, trying to make it like something different because we're eating pancakes all day. <laughs> uh, anyways. All right, man. Uh, Cornell, great to see you. Glad to hear that uh, you just got a little bit of rain. Um, 
Hope training goes well for you this week, and uh, we'll be talking, buddy. Cool. Sounds good. Adios.